Howdy friends, this is Matt Sewell, and you're listening to episode 53 of the Popecast, the only podcast about popes for people who love history and a good story, but have neither the time nor the interest to pick up dry, dusty history books. The Popecast is sponsored once again this week by Catholic Balm Co., the very best in beard balms, oils, lotion bars, and more. When you head over to catholicbalm.co to check out their great variety of products, be sure to enter the word Pope, P-O-P-E, at checkout, and you get 10% off your entire order. They have tons of great stuff over there. So once again, that's catholicbalm.co and the word Pope at checkout. Thanks again to Catholic Balm Co. for sponsoring the Popecast. Our Pope this week was the first to hold the most popular papal name in church history. A divisive figure in his early days, he repented of his old ways and went on to become so renowned that the emperor himself prostrated himself at the Pope's feet. This week on the Popecast, it's the other, other St. John, Pope St. John I. The future Pope John I was born in Italy around the year 470 AD, and he hailed specifically from Siena in modern-day Tuscany, about 100 or so miles northwest of Rome. Like most early popes, we likely will never know about the majority of John's pre-papal life on this side of eternity, but what we do know is that he served as one of Rome's seven deacons for much of his adult life up until his election in 523. His early days as a deacon were a tad on the controversial side, having aligned himself with an anti-pope for a time, a guy named Laurentius, who had been propped up in 498 AD by a dissenting faction as the figurehead of a movement influenced with cash by a Roman senator and sympathetic to the Eastern Emperor Zeno's document called the Henoticon, which effectively kept teaching the Monophysite heresy, the belief that Jesus had only a divine nature instead of having both a divine and human natures, which of course had been condemned for decades by that point. At any rate, we know Deacon John eventually saw the error of his ways because in 506, we see him writing a letter to the reigning pope at the time, St. Symmachus, confessing his error in opposing the rightful bishop of Rome, condemning Laurentius and the chief orchestrators of the movement, and begging the pope's pardon. Symmachus, being a saintly guy himself, presumably forgave his repentant deacon and put him to work on bigger and better things, never to look back on that sordid era again. The only other things we really know for sure prior to his papacy, though, is that he was good friends with the 6th century philosopher Boethius, St. Severinus Boethius to be precise, who had dedicated three of his five religious treatises to John between the years 512 and 520. John became the first of over 20 men to ascend the chair of Peter, bearing that name, on August 13, 523, just seven days after the death of Pope St. Ormistus. Given how frail he was at the time of his election, John's papacy would be a short one, less than three years to be precise. So his only major action as pope, at least that history recounts to us, was an envoy to meet with Justinian I, the new eastern emperor in Constantinople. We say it's his only major action, if nothing else, because Theodoric, the Ostrogothic king of Italy, sent John not long after his election, and the trip took just about the full length of his papacy. See, Theodoric was an Arian, and I know what you're thinking. Wasn't Arianism the belief that Christ was merely a man and not divine condemned resoundingly when St. Nicholas punched Arius, the heretic, two centuries earlier at the Council of Nicaea? Well, that's oddly specific, but apparently not. Arianism was still kicking, as it turned out, 200 years later, but it was finally on the ropes with Justinian being a Catholic. 
Arianism held out particularly well in the East, but now the new emperor could do something about it once and for all. But the thing was, Justinian had instituted some intentionally heavy-handed measures against the Arians, among them being asserting that Catholics could take the churches they occupied and forced reconversions from the Arians. And Theodoric didn't really like that. He didn't like that his compatriots were being repressed, so he sent John to try to talk some sense into Justinian. In addition to that, Theodoric was a bit paranoid and wanted to make sure the writing on the wall that being that his kingship might be undermined, wouldn't come to pass by the Byzantines reasserting their power in Italy. But I digress. John went dutifully along to Constantinople, probably, if nothing else, excited that a pope finally got to see Constantinople. And at least the emperor was Catholic this time, right? At any rate, to understand how John was received in Constantinople, recall the crowd's when a pope visits a foreign country today, picture all the videos of John Paul II or Pope Benedict or Pope Francis traveling somewhere to enormous crowds of roaring fans. Only better. The Catholic Encyclopedia writes, quote, The inhabitants of Constantinople went out in throngs to meet John. The Emperor Justinian, on meeting him, prostrated himself, and sometime afterwards he had himself crowned by the pope. All the patriarchs of the East made haste to manifest their communion in the faith, with the Supreme Pontiff, end quote. The encyclopedia goes on to note that such a reception by the people and clergy of the East shows just how great a reputation not only the papacy had, but that John himself carried ahead of him, proving that in the inverse, right along with it, was Theodoric's reaction upon John's return trip. Again, ever the paranoid tyrant, aside from the fact that he probably didn't like that the Pope was more popular than he was, Theodoric wasn't satisfied from having just murdered John's friend Boethius after convicting him of a trumped-up conspiracy. No, he suspected John of conspiring against him as well, with Justinian, and had John thrown in prison at Ravenna before the Pope ever even arrived back in Rome. His existing frailty and the added stress of a long journey in those days, to say nothing of the harsh treatment he received while incarcerated, meant that John wouldn't last long. He expired within a few days, dying on May 18th, 526 AD. Theodoric, for his part, would only last a few more months himself, succumbing to what one might call the Lord's poetic justice. He died of dysentery in late August, 526. John's body was transported to Rome and buried in St. Peter's Basilica, and he was venerated as a martyr immediately after his death. As a result, he's of course now known as Saint John I. But fun fact, no other Pope John would be venerated as a saint until the very last one. The book ends, John I and John XXIII, who of course died in 1963 and was canonized in 2014, are the only Pope's Saint John in the bunch. John I is commemorated most famously in Ravenna and Tuscany, the places of his death and birth respectively in his feast day, is celebrated on May 18th. Well, that's a wrap on this bio of the other other St. John. Just a couple other things to note here before we close things out. The fact that you're listening to this show and you've gotten this far says you seem to be enjoying yourself, right? If that's true, would you consider joining us on Patreon as a supporter for one or two dollars per episode or more? Instead of saying it could replace one cup of coffee per month because coffee deserves more credit than that, what if we just said if you signed up at a certain level, you could get a sweet mug to put that coffee in? At any rate, we'd still have your support, and you can check out the various tiers at patreon.com slash thepopecast. 
The patronage helps cover things like our hosting costs, the ability to produce these new episodes, plus patrons get things like early access to new episodes, other great freebies, depending on your per episode tier. So check it out again, patreon.com slash the podcast. And on that note, a huge thank you to our newest patrons. Your stickers are in the mail and be on the lookout for a note so you can ask your question and pick your popes for future episodes as as part of your perks. Please also, if you haven't already, uh, subscribe, rate, and review the podcast over at iTunes. And then as soon as you're finished listening, if you like this episode, be sure to hit that share button on your podcast or your Spotify app and text this episode to a friend who you think might like it too. And lastly, of course, you can find us on Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook, all at The Popecast when you're not listening to new episodes to catch up on historical photos and other great Pope quotes. So as we head out today, let us ask for the prayers of Pope St. John I, especially for the wisdom and grace, maybe, to remember that though these times may seem dire, the church and the world have seen far worse. Our Lord is still in charge, and we are not. Until next time.